Good morning. This is a beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us today. Uh, Let me also welcome those who are joining us on Zoom. We're glad that you are here. And a couple of announcements. Uh, This Thursday is our ministry council meeting at 6.30. Shoebox season is still upon us, and next Sunday is the last Sunday uh, to bring in your shoeboxes, so please, if you have not gotten a box, uh, please uh, do that and fill, fill it up and then have them here next week. If you have a question about what to go in or if you have any questions uh, of that, please contact Gloria. Um, also, poinsettias, we... I know we're kind of rushing this. I mean, we're, we're still last Sunday, October, but poinsettias are going to need to be ordered uh, for our Christmas season. And so uh, anyone who would like uh, to purchase um, a poinsettia, they're $8 each. There's going to be envelopes in the back. Right, Sharon? And if they have any questions to see you. Yes. Okay. And so... Um, And it's due by Sunday, November 21st. Okay. The other thing that we're going to do, and congratulations for volunteering, uh, we need ambassadors. And guess what? If you're a member of this church, you're already an ambassador to God. And so congratulations. Now I just need you to sign up for that. So ambassadors are those who will greet people, who will just do things to show Christ to others. We are ambassadors to Christ, but I do need on Sunday mornings, you know, people coming in, I need people to greet. So congratulations that you've all signed up for that. But I would actually like to have you actually sign up on the sheet, or I'll just be picking ambassadors. Congratulations, you've all been selected. Kind of like any time when a music director would say, okay, uh, how many of you like music? And you raise your hand, and then the music director says, congratulations, you're all in the choir. Kind of like that. Really? Nothing today? Is anyone as excited as I am? Well, that... No. (laughs) Well, at least you're honest. I have... um, I, I had the opportunity to... Uh, go to the for King and Country, which is a Christian uh, group, and uh, on Friday night, and was just really inspired uh, by that. So I'm in a, a very good mood. And then I found something that someone sent to me, and they said, "Would I read this?" So um, now I'm going I'm to say that this is funny. I have to say that first. So I'm not the, I haven't started yet. <clears throat> Twelve we- reasons why I as a pastor have decided to quit attending sporting events. Ready. First, the coach never came to visit me. Two, every time I went, they asked for money. Three, the people sitting in my row didn't seem very friendly. The seats were very hard. Number five, the referee made a decision I didn't agree with. Six, I was sitting with hypocrites. They only came to see what others were wearing. 
Seven, some games went into overtime and I was late getting home. Eight, the band played some songs I never heard before. Gee, I'm glad that never happens here. Oh yeah, we do have one coming up, don't we? Okay. Nine, the games are scheduled on my only day to sleep in and run errands. Ten, my parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. Eleven, since I, re- since I read a book on sports, I feel, no, I feel that I know more than the coaches anyway. And number 12, I don't want to take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sports they like best. Some of this is humorous, and, but it makes it really true when people go, I don't know about church. And I posted something in Facebook this week about church should be the thing that you make excuses that you can't do something. Look, I've got to go to church. I've got to be with my, my friends, my brothers and sisters. So as we're coming together, we are at a church, and we should be excited about being here. Amen? Amen. I know some of you may be going through some hard times, but when you come in here as the church, there's something wonderful and and incredible here because the Lord is with us. So let us stand as I read our call to worship, Psalm 150, 1 through 2, and this is actually from the ESV translation. Also, 1 and 2 and verse 6. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to to his excellent greatness. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Let's, let's start with a song that we have done before. <laughs> Great is your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart. You lead us by still waters into mercy. And nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God of Jacob. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all 
called Hold On To Me. Um, it's by Lauren Daigle, and we've discussed this, we've prayed about it, um, and while it's on a lot of the secular airways and doesn't specifically say the name of God, um, we did a lot of digging, we did a lot of prayer, um, and it just still felt something very heavy on my heart. Um, so Lorian Daigle wrote this song uh, at the beginning of the pandemic um, when not only she but her entire band kind of felt lonely and defeated. And um, she said, you know, <clears throat> it's funny like how we feel alone and defeated, but just imagine how Jesus felt in that garden as he's crying out. Um, and she took it from Luke, uh, Luke 22, verse uh, 42, where he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And to think about how, you know, we at times uh, feel very alone in our walk. We always know that there's always hope around us. And that's what this song um, kind of implies, and it's our walk just crying out to God saying, just hold on to me in those moments where you're feeling desperate and you're feeling anxious. And um, so just we just invite you all to just sing along with us. 
seated. And I want to draw your attention to the stained glass on, on this side of Jesus holding the, the lamb. And I was thinking, how often is that us, where Jesus is holding us when we need um, someone to hold us? And so uh, thank you to the praise team for that. Um, you know, when we Come to this time of prayer and concerns. I, I wanted to lift up, um, you know, going to this concert um, for King and Country actually was scheduled two years ago. And they're just now getting back into doing concerts. And I was thinking it was not just the artist that I had to stop doing everything. Think of all of the people who travel with them that they were no longer getting paid and how hard that was. And in all of that, they said that God is good. 
No matter what is going on in your life, God is good. And so as we're coming to this time, I want us to to share our concerns and our praises, but it's more than that. One of the things that we're, we're doing for our prayer meeting is we're changing it to make sure that we're taking time to honor God, to to praise him for all the things that are going on, to see where he's working so that we can come along with him, and then to pray about those things that, are, that we need him to do, and then our, our own concerns. And so it's, it's a change. And, and so this morning as we're coming together in prayer, there needs to be in your, in your hearts a, that little bit of hope where everything else may be dark, it's that hope that we have in the Lord. I'm reminding of that from our Sunday school class, Judy, of praising the Lord. Regardless of what is going on in the world, we come together now to praise the Lord. And so with that, I I want you to, to not only share your praises and your concerns, but do it with that hope that nothing is going to hold you back today because God is working in you. So at this time, do you have, are there a concern in your, do you have a concern? I know today we're, we're praying for uh, Ethel Betts and Keith. Um, there's another, um, there was another blockage that they found and they don't know if they're going to be able to do surgery. So keep Keith in prayer right now. Any other prayer concerns or praises? Sharon? Yeah, I um, still need prayer for my friend Cindy. Um, things have gone a little downhill for her. She's still on the ventilator. And um, just um, pray that God will have a miracle for her. And also for my friend Lucy, she fell, and she hurt her hand really bad. So please, please pray for healing for her. Well, we will pray for, for Lucy, uh, for her hand. We'll pray for Cindy, and, and you told me Wednesday that she knows the Lord. And so that's the peace that we go in in the hope that God will uh, heal her. We have a concern over here. And Thelma, I did see your hand, so we will to you. Even though I didn't see Pastor Charles there, I was also at King and Country. But however, I was doing in my retirement I'm trying new things. So this time I was volunteering at the Compassion Child table. Which is I did that for the first time. And so the praise is they sign up at least three hundred and seventy kids. I think it might be more because there were some signing up on the way out. Um, so that's the praise, and also our trunk retreat, I think, was a great witness and success on Thursday night. Yeah, we, um, yeah they, they were doing Compassion International uh, to help children, and I'm thinking that we need to be making sure that we're about missions of, in this community and in the world, that we don't forget that. And we did have uh, 114 uh, according to Bob, you said 114. The pastors, uh, it was 173, but the pastor always goes a little bit higher. But it was good because uh, I, I saw other churches doing that, but, 
But what was kind of kind of cool with us is that they had to go to each station, and we so we got to have that interaction, and it was it was good. Uh, Thelma, and this is rather personal, I guess, but um, just I thank God that despite our health problems and challenges, um, we're doing good, and God has allowed us to be together and stay together and uh, take care of ourselves. Um, my children are always willing to help, but so far it seems like we're making it. I'm thankful for my home. Every night I lay my head down. Uh, it just means so much. And uh, it's only through him that we can enable us to do this. Amen. And I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. One of the things that caught my attention in in our Sunday school um, as we go to bed at night and we're asking God for all of these things it's that sense of hope that all of our sins have been forgiven as well we can't forget that greatness of sacrificing Jesus's I mean to sacrifice your son for us the incredible love that as we go to sleep we have that hope any others Amy? Just keep my mom in prayer. Um, she finished a cycle of chemo this past week, and so this is going to be the bad week for her as uh, all the side effects are really kicking in. So, And I know that sometimes gets her a little bit down and depressed. So, um, And her birthday is this week, so <laughs> just uh, prayers for her that things go better this time and uh, the side effects kind of go away a little more quickly. We will be praying for your mom and praying for the healing and... Uh, let her know that we're uh, wishing her a happy birthday, too. Yes, Jess. So I, I work for a construction contractor, and we had an accident on Thursday at one of our job sites. And a young, uh, you know, young man, but uh, he got pinned, and one of his legs was broken, and his knee is shattered. He was in the hospital. They were doing surgery. Um, his name is Eric, so I just asked to keep him and his family in prayer as he recovers because it's going to be uh, a lengthy, lengthy process for him. Well, we're certainly praying for, for Eric uh, for quick healing. Any other? Oh. Yeah. I have a praise about our service project for November, uh, volunteering to interview the veterans uh, and our current service people. Um, I had an interview yesterday with uh, Lloyd Kreiser, and it's amazing what you can learn and how uh, our freedom is not free. And when you hear their stories, um, you thank God that he was on our side. I praise him for that. Amen. We want to make sure that we don't forget our men and women who have served and are serving. Uh, and by the way, uh, Chris, I have uh, I have to do your interview, so I'm just letting you know that you're taking me out for coffee so I can interview you. Okay, no, you're welcome. Yes, I'm buying lunch. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Any, Dave. Yeah, if you could keep uh, Seth and Luke in your prayers to a young man I met at the job site, and I talked to him, and he has some personal problems going on. 
But if you could keep him in your prayers, that'd be great. Thank you. Seth and, and Luke both having some, some issues. So we will absolutely. Okay, but we'll be praying for both of them. Also, I want to, uh, I've talked to Marlene Groff this week, and so we want to keep Marlene in prayer um, that she'll get answers. Uh, she's wearing a heart monitor now, so we're praying. She has to wear it, I, I think, for 30 days. And so um, right now the doctors don't know what's going on. Blood pressure's going up, and then it's going down, and so uh, we pray for healing. We also uh, want to lift up Nancy Daisy, uh, who had been sick for a while and is, is doing better. And so keep her in prayer. Uh, Donna? Yes, it's a prayer and a concern. Our friend Morris, as I brought before the congregation, has throat cancer. Diagnosis is poor. But Morris is an atheist, and Morris is reaching out for prayers. So what a praise. And also just be with him. He's got a long battle. He's already got his schedule for his radiation Monday. Tomorrow he goes for the chemo and then for the surgery. But it's going to be a long process. But just praises that he's reaching out to a God and prayers. Absolutely. And, and we're praying uh, not only for healing from ours, but for spiritual healing that, um, that he... He knows who God is. We're praying mightily. Uh, also, I want a personal note. Thank you for everyone uh, who had um, given gifts and, and food and stuff uh, for pastor's appreciation. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we are very humbled uh, to be here and to, um, to serve here. So thank you. Any other prayer? Thelma, again? I, I just, my mind goes to the missionaries that are in capture at this time. Um, I can't forget them, and, and we must, can, can we put ourselves in their place, the terror that they must be going through and the fear, and not only that, but fear for their children and the fear of the children themselves. Uh, it's almost beyond my comprehension. We need to really lift them up in prayer. Well, we, we do need to pray for those missionaries that are, have captured, uh, been captured. We also were praying Wednesday night that we're praying that the missionaries will be able to open a door to those who have kept, so that to the kidnappers, so they would come to know Christ. So, but we need to be absolutely praying for them for their safe return. There was some, another one. Any others? I don't do this often, but um, I need to come up here and pray. So, um, let's pray. Gracious Lord, we do praise you. The mighty acts that you have done, the gifts that you have given to us, 
Lord, help us to share those gifts with others. It's not just our financial gifts, Lord, but everything that we are should be praising you, helping others. By not only our gifts, but our prayer, our acts of service, our friendship. So Lord, help us to be your hands and feet because we are your ambassadors. Everywhere we go, we represent you. So Lord, help us. Help us and forgive us when we have taken our eyes off you. Forgive us when we've gone our own way. So on this day, we've come back home to get our hearts and minds set back on you so that as we go through this week, we celebrate you, we praise you, and know that whenever things are going tough, that we have that hope in you. Because we know that there's heaven. But Lord, there's so many who don't know you. And we don't want anyone to miss heaven. To have that relationship with you so that they can be called children of the Most High. Lord, you heard those that are hurting. In our own congregation, those that are, are in the hospital. We're also lifting up those that we don't know, who are friends of others, and Lord, we're praying for healing. But on this day, Lord, we pray for that one soul, that one soul who has been brought to you because of a sickness. And Lord, we pray that not only as he's asking for prayer, but that mightily, God, that you will come in and you will reach him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that he will come to know you. Lord, thank you for this church family. Thank you for their generosity, for their hearts. Lord, we ask that you would hear our prayers, that we petition to you that there would be a revival in this world because we see so many things from the Old Testament. We see it going on now. So Lord, we ask for forgiveness for those who don't know you and pray that we would be that light, that you through the, your power of the Holy Spirit would come and we would be that light for others. Lord, here we are. Here we are. We lift all of this, all of the things on our hearts and minds. Lord, we present all of this in your son's most holy name. Amen.
This morning's reading is from the book of Judges, chapter 6, starting at verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But the Lord, but Lord, Gideon said, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakness of the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Then moving to verse 36. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are guiding, you're going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground remains wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. As we're getting into the book of Judges, uh, we're getting that familiar um, topic. It seems like, as, um, as Judy mentioned in our Sunday school class, it, it seems like everything's going great for a while, and then they fall again, and then God sends a, a judge, and they correct themselves, and then that judge dies, and then they start doing their own thing again. And last week, we had talked about Deborah and, and the things that she was doing. Now, she is gone, and they were, um, they were doing well for a while, or doing well for a while. In fact, um, there had been like some years of peace. I think it was about 40. And then suddenly... Israelites start doing stuff again. Remember the Charlie Brown, um, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, it'll be coming, well, I think it was already on. Or it may be on tonight. Anyway. There's a girl named Lucy, and she has a football. And she's always telling Charlie Brown, now, I want you to kick this. And Charlie Brown will always go, no, because every time I go to kick it, you pull it away. Well, this time, I'm not going to do it. And it always goes back and forth. In fact, she actually um, says, here's a signed document. I won't pull it away. And then what happens? Charlie Brown tries to do it again, and sure enough, Lucy moves the ball. It's kind of like that pattern again in Judges. It seems like they're just not getting it. They get it for a little bit, and then it changes. Now, I, I've tried to change some of the things in Judges because we do have children here, because it's not really kid-friendly. 
If you're reading through, there are some really tough things in, in Judges that you're thinking, okay, okay, Lord, not sure why you have it in there, but it's your word, and, and I trust you. And so we get into Gideon. And Gideon, as we uh, get to, to meet him, uh, he was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say shy, but he knows his limitations. So when the angel of the Lord actually comes to him, he's like, you've got to be wrong. There are other tribes that are much stronger than me. In fact, I'm the weakest one. My tribe couldn't do it. We can't go and fight the... the okay, so here's the problem. I kept saying Mennonites the entire time through this, and it's not. So those people, I'll just, those people that were not Israelites, because I can't, my mind just can't do it now. So for those who are of Mennonite, uh, if you're related to them, I apologize. I can't, I can't, my southern accent won't allow me now to correct it. So anyway. So because they were doing evil, God sent those people, who are not Israel, to um, harass them, to rule over them. And they cried out, and so this is where we get Gideon. And and Gideon said, I'm going to have you go and defeat these people. And Gideon is just going, I can't do it. And the Lord said through the angel, I will be with you. You can do this. And so he struggles. He's, he's like, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to do this. And he, and he actually goes to the Lord and he says, look, if you really want me to do this, if you really want me to do this, then we all know the story. He sets out the fleece. And one time... It's wet and the ground is dry and then the next day the fleece is dry and the ground is wet. And we sometimes think that Gideon is testing God but I understand this was self-doubt. He wasn't testing God out of arrogance. He was testing, he was asking God because of his weakness. You and I sometimes have self-doubt. God has asked us for us to do something and we're like, no, we can't. Do that. And so, finally, Gideon says, okay, I'll do it. So he gathers up his men, and there were like 32,000 ready to take on this other, those people. Mennonites. Mennonites, yes, I got them. It's there. It's not going to work. I tried it. I've, I've tried it phonetically. My brain, okay, anyway. So they're getting and finally gets them. And God knows these people. He knows the Israelites. And he says, you know, Gideon, if you, if you win with this many, the Israelites are going to say, look what we did. And they would boast to me about what they did. And he says, I tell you what, 
ask your men if any of them are afraid. And if they're afraid, send them home. And 22,000 of them leave. And so there's only 10,000, and, and God goes, no, no, that's still too many. He says, take them down to the river and see how they drink. And if the ones who cup the water and lap it up like dogs, those are the ones you're going to take. And out of those 10,000, you have 300. 300 against a force of about 20,000. Hmm. How are we going to do this? In fact, Gideon was even concerned. And God goes, go to the camp. Listen to what they're saying. And sure enough, the enemy was concerned. And so these 300 actually begin to defeat the enemy. And it, it takes years, actually. It, does, it looks like it, it went really quick, but it actually takes years to actually defeat them. And then we have Gideon, who was this very humble person. Suddenly it went to his head and he became somewhat arrogant. In fact, there were tribes around Gideon. He had asked for food for his men and and understand that those tribes of Israel, they... The certain ones that were there, they were, they were concerned because what they saw was 300 men chasing 15,000. Now, understand, in those times, if you're thinking there's only 300 men, how are you going to win? They were afraid. They were like, look, if you would just win, if you win, then we'll give you food. They were, it was out of fear. And what does Gideon do? He doesn't do anything. He comes back and he harasses them. He kills some of their men. The problem is, is that he took matters into his own hands. He didn't just give them, Gideon doesn't give those tribes over to God. He judges them for himself. Gideon is doing the same thing as the enemy did. He's interrogating them. He's torturing them. He's executing them because they wouldn't help fight a war. You're doing the same exact thing as the ones that, as the enemies. Gideon is doing things because now he seems to be above it all. Now it does get into, in chapter 8, it does get into where Gideon does get confronted by the people of Israel and the, the Israelites are saying, you know, you have, you have helped us win. You have done this. And we want you to be our king. And Gideon says to them let me get 
So I want to read it from here. They said, be our ruler. You and your son and your grandson will be our rulers, for you have rescued us from Midian. Yeah, I I can say that, but I can't say the whole thing when it's together. But Gideon replied, I will not rule over you, nor my son. The Lord will rule over you. And that should have been it. That should have been it. Let God rule. It wasn't me. Again, you were... God knew the people. It wasn't that you won with 32,000 or 10,000. You won with 300, and you can't even praise God. You're praising Gideon. But here's where Gideon messes up. Because now he's saying, you know, I'm not going to rule over you. However, I have one request. That each of you give me an earring from the plunder you've collected from your fallen enemies. And they said they gladly did. And all of these earrings, as they collected, was 43 pounds. And so Gideon made a sacred ephod from gold and put it in his hometown. Now, the ephod is is a, a breastplate. And guess what the Israelites did? They started to worship what Gideon has made. And in fact, it was the downfall for Gideon because he fell into that same thing. Somehow forgetting what God has done. Here is a Gideon who started out humble. We, we need to celebrate how humble he was, but then we get that power. And sometimes, as in this world today, I, I see a lot of pastors fall. They get really famous and they get into their heads that they can't be touched and then suddenly they've, they fall and they fall quickly. In fact, the one that hurts me the most is a man by the name of Zavi, Zavi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias, okay. I know, it had a Z somewhere. And he was, Ravi was an incredible um, um, apologetic pastor. He could preach. He could argue anyone under the table. His ministries were throughout the world. In fact, he came to our seminary and he spoke. And he told us of how his children, his daughters, were going into the um, red light district in Amsterdam to minister to those who were doing evil. I'm changing this because of children here. Only to find out that as he died, he had had the own set of parlors in Atlanta. That he was doing the same exact thing that he was sending his daughters out to minister to. He was doing the same thing. And it broke my heart because he was very famous and you could almost say no wrong and yet he was doing wrong because you get into a position where suddenly you think you're above reproach 
And God has a way of making people hum- humble. Ravi Zachariah's ministry has fallen apart. It's no longer trusted. And so what happens is that you have people who have lost faith in God. Because they will always say, well, God, what about him? You, you sent him and he was preaching and yet he was doing evil. That's why, as a pastor, don't put your faith in me, put your faith in God. That's where I put my faith. And because every time I've said this, Mike will always say amen. Because when I say I'm not perfect, you're the one who shouts, amen. Okay, thank you. That was your cue when I pointed to you. I'm sorry I didn't. Because we've all fallen short. It's not about me, it's about us serving the Lord. And what we're seeing in Judges, I am seeing exactly what's going on in America right now. We are turning our backs from God because of someone did something at some point. That's why I read those 12 things, what a a pastor won't go to a sporting event, because it's the same thing. I talk to people, and sometimes, well, I don't want to go to church because they made me fall in love, or... or, um, Someone was not nice. Okay, we're human. My faith is not in you, it's in God. The reason why I think we get along because we know we're not perfect. That argument of saying, well, I don't feel like church is relevant anymore. It's because they don't actually know God. They've put their faith in someone else. And what they're doing is they're doing whatever they want, anything that'll make them feel good. And what's the biggest thing that's going on right now? We have people who are dying, overdosing on drugs because they want to forget their problems. So they put their faith in something else. And if you don't think it can happen here, I've been on more calls for those who are ODing than I ever thought. Here, I mean, this is Palmyra. How? But it's rampant everywhere. People are searching for God, and that's why we as ambassadors have to help. Last week, I asked about how we can do things. And, and Ron, you said compromise, and it kept thinking, we're not going to compromise our faith, but we have, to, we have to reach them somehow. What happens? When Gideon falls... His whole family fell. If you read, continue to read the story, you have his son, Abimelech. Did I get that one right, Chris? Abimelech? 
Okay, you're, okay. Okay, I'm not going to ask. I, okay, I'm going to ask someone else because they'll go, yeah, Abimelech, yeah, that's how it. Abimelech is the son of Gideon's concubine. And when he comes to power, what he does is he kills 70 of his stepbrothers. And sometimes we go, well, doesn't God get even? Yes, God does. What we have to do is realize as we're reading stories, we think, okay, God, what are you going to do with that person? They're doing this and they're doing evil. And, and, and so we're, we're so kind of angry and enraged. But understand that every time I've read the scripture, anyone that is falling away, God is going to deal with them. If you read scripture, we go, Abimelech did this and this and this. Understand, God in his time took care of Abimelech himself. The revenge is not ours, it is the Lord's. It is his judgment. What we do is that we pray. We pray for your gentleman uh, friend, Mars. Doesn't know the Lord. We We don't go to him and go, oh my goodness, you're in trouble. We go to him and show Christian love and say, how can I help you? And show him that God is true, that God is is powerful. People are wanting sometimes Christians to judge them so that they have, so they can easily say, well, they judge me. It's not our job to judge. It is our job to share the grace of God and the good news of Jesus Christ. And then when they come into the church that we work with them, we talk with them. And yes, there are people who have failed, and you know what? Here's the thing, so have I. But this is why we need Jesus. It is Jesus that's going to make us right with God. No matter what other people say, Jesus will never, never, ever, ever fail you. You need to trust Jesus over anything else in your life. You need to trust him above anyone else or anything else. Because he's the only person will not leave you alone or leave or abandon you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, help us to commit again to you. We are your ambassadors. So Lord, for those in this community who need Christ, help us to be that light. Help us to enter our conversations. Lord, God, our words. Open our ears so that we may listen. And help us stand our ground on holy ground. On the very word of Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. That's one of the things that I 
um, I felt Friday night that I was actually at a worship service because it was a chance for me to, to hear other messages. And, and there were three messages through the concert, and it, and it, and it was really inspiring. That I, I did enjoy uh, some of the music. I, I am at that age uh, where I did have earplugs. Uh, well, here's the thing. When you're sitting in a seat and it's vibrating, it could be a little loud. I'm just saying. Um, but it was good. But one of the things that they talked about is, is going through 2020 and the struggles that they went through as a band and the one thing that they held on to was hope. The one thing was hope. In fact, one of the singers, artist, had said that he had just had throat surgery not too long ago. And they were wondering if he was wondering if he would ever sing again. And and this was his whole life. You know, am I am I ever gonna sing songs? Am I ever ever gonna put on a concert? Am I ever going to do all this stuff for you and, and God kind of sent him a message going, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about you serving me in whatever capacity. We are called to serve God no matter what. Maybe Maybe you can't do certain things again. And we've talked about this. I've I've shared how I was a firefighter and I loved it. And I was angry with God because I had back surgery and he took that away from me because I wasn't really focusing much on my church work. I wanted to be a firefighter. And God goes, well, you know, that's great. I'm glad you wanted to be a firefighter. But that's not what I called you for. And so now he's given me the opportunity to be a chaplain. And then when that is over, then I get to share stories, I guess, of my faith. See, again, you're not retired. Of, of course, someone might retire sooner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that was an amen. I love you, Gloria. You, I know you're embarrassed. Yeah, you... you. I don't even know where I was going now. <laughs> Are you a little warm back there? A little warm. What has God called you to do? You may not be able to preach. You may not be able to sing. You may not be able to play an instrument. But God has called you to be his witness. He's called you to serve him however you can. And to be excited about that. Not just today, but every day. And, and little things. And I'm going to end on this. Um, 
Carol Rogers did something great. Actually, Donna made him do it. Always. Always. Okay, Donna, I work alone. Uh, No, I'm kidding. But Carol did something incredible. Was it Tuesday? Wednesday. He asked me, he said, are you in church? I said, yes. And the most wonderful thing happened. He brought donuts. No, no. These were Krispy Kreme donuts. I get emotional just thinking about it. But here's the thing. They thought about me while they were visiting down in Virginia. And it's those little things that bring joy to people. It's those little things that you may, and it was, and we only talked for a few minutes, but it was wonderful that you guys would do that. Those little things. What now? You weren't there. You sent him. And I did share with Kathy. She got half of one. Well, there were four. 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 I've lost everything now. So here's the thing. You, it's those little things. Grabbing a cup of coffee with someone, sending a card, praying for someone. Sharon called me upset this week, and I knew it was a, I, I know I'm going a little long. In my, in my car, with my phone, as soon as I get in the car and start driving, my phone goes to driving mode. So if you tried to call me, it goes right into voicemail. Or if you're sending me a text, it will send back, I'm driving, if it's urgent, say urgent, and I will call you back. I'm in the car. It had already silenced one call, and then it was ringing. The only ones who can reach me on this phone when it's in Do Not Disturb is my family. And yet, Sharon's call went through. And I said, Sharon? And she was upset. And I said, I'll pray for you. And then I'm like, let me pray now. Sometimes we'll say, let me pray for you. That's awesome. But sometimes you need to stop and say, let me pray for you now. So let's pray now. Gracious Lord, you called us to be your children. You called us to be the church. So, so, so Lord, the little things, the big things, it is all for your glory. Amen and amen.
how much does he love you and me? It's incredible. So today, go out and be that light to everyone that you meet. Amen? Amen.